In episode 1.7 of Unshuffled, we discuss the seventh album from the Atomic Bitchwax, Force Field. But first, here's our awesome intro music from Seven Planets. Scotty D. Matt, it's a lovely, beautiful day here. I got to say that. It's the first time the sun's come out since I've been here. A week ago today, we had a snowstorm. Uh, I'm in short sleeves and shorts. Look at me. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. And it's the night before Idul Fitri here, the big uh, holiday in Indonesia, the religious holiday. And there's a lot of chanting going on in the background. So you might get a little bit of color and atmosphere throughout this podcast listeners but uh, how's the bitch wax fatigue going scotty <laughs> it was uh it it hit like a brick when when i remember when we ended our last podcast i i signed off by saying i was ready and i was going to jump straight into force field and it took me two days before i could bring myself to listen to it yeah we ended um, on high there you you uh <laughs> proclaimed that as your your favorite album of theirs so far yeah the gravitron i still hold on to that by the way Gravitron's still my favorite so far, but um, but yeah, Force Field was it it was it was harder to get into, but but um, and we'll talk more about this when we get there. It, it as I listened more and more, I I enjoyed it more and more for what it is. I think it's a lot to ask of any band. I, I'm trying to think, even some of my favorite bands, you know, bands that I grew up with. I can't imagine doing this and not getting some degree of fatigue along the way it's you know it it is a lot to ask of a band especially given the current circumstances well in this one i I mean we can jump into that part now but this was this came less than two years after um after gravitron but it was also now two-thirds of the band are officially in monster magnet right Mm -hmm. yeah right now we're we're about ready to go three-thirds of the yeah, we're band. Be, <laughs> we're going to be full-on just Dave Weindorf minus. Um, minus Weindorf. Anyway, so they, and this was also on the heels of, a, I think, like just a massive Monster Magnet tour. Mm-hmm. And so they were recording this and writing this while busy with their day jobs. Mm. And I think to some extent that's... Maybe they're sort of doing it behind Dave's back, you know. <laughs> right. David but I do think... in. What are you doing, fellas? Oh, nothing. No, no. <laughs> Jamming recording devices under pillows. <laughs> um, it's uh, so yeah. Anyway, I th- this they they were there was definitely other things happening while they were recording this. Yeah. Now, I mean, we were expecting we we predicted that we would get the sequel to Gravitron here, and uh. I feel like we did. The, the question in the question I have is, or I had, is it going to be The Godfather 2 or is it going to be Speed 2? Which type of sequel is it going to be? Um, I don't know if you've seen Speed 2. Uh, I have. Yeah. I have. That was it's, originally supposed to be, that was written to be Die Hard 3. 
Right, I didn't know that. I, I read that somewhere that when the script of For Speed Two was written, we, we, we but it was originally supposed to be Die Hard Three, and okay. then and then something something something, and it didn't work out, and so they okay. just re. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, I have seen Speed Two. All right, not and, not it's sort of synonymous with bad sequels, I suppose. Yeah, um, I think that this is not so. It's definitely not Godfather Two, right? Uh, it's it, no. it's 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 less than, um, but it's not. It's not Speed Two either. It's not Speed Two either. No. It's it's slightly. I don't know. It, the it's a little bit more. The lyrics are funnier, right? So there's 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 definitely less introspection and more just. It's it, they're just funnier. Um, they're more. They're more sophomoric, um, yes. which lends to the humor. Mm -hmm. uh, but I don't think as much time was spent on the lyrics as maybe in the last few albums that we've been mm -hmm. analyzing. Mm -hmm. um, now, I mean, in terms of reviews, I, I, I've been checking the all music reviews as we've been going. This one doesn't have an all music review. And I mean, the Gravitron had a bad one, and we both right. thought it was a great album. But maybe, like to paraphrase Oscar Wilde, maybe the only thing worse than a bad all music review is is no all music review. <laughs> to paraphrase, I think Oscar Wilde said that exactly. Yeah, I, that might be the right point. There was one. And I'm trying to remember now which review it was. There was one review that might have been louder mm. that absolutely praised this album. Yeah, yeah. I remember seeing one of them saying it was the greatest album of the year by a mile or something. Right, right. And I was like, ah, right. Maybe dial mm. that back a bit. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, before we get into more detail with the album, just... Uh, a reminder, listeners, this is Unshuffled. Uh, we aim to explore bands album by album, track by track. We're trying to bring back the album a little bit. If you haven't listened before, welcome. Um, my advice would be, however, to stop now and go and listen to the album we'll be listening to or we'll be talking about in this podcast, which is called Force Field before you listen to this podcast. We don't want to spoil it for you and we don't want to influence your, your views too much. Even better, you could go back and listen to uh, some of the band's earlier albums, go back to the start and follow them through from the beginning. I think it's a worthwhile exercise and I think you appreciate the albums more. I certainly do with this one, knowing where they've come from. So a big part of what we're doing is to follow the evolution of a band throughout their career. So I'd, if it is your first time listening, thank you for joining us. My recommendation is to stop now <laughs> and go back and listen to our first few episodes and, and listen to the album. You know, Treat this as a companion podcast to the listening that you are already doing uh, to these albums. And, you know, it's well worth it, I think. And this is, you know, this is our first band and, and we're both really happy with what we've heard so far so it's a very worthwhile exercise um so yeah listeners uh tonight we are doing force field 
And Scott is now going to tell you all about it, all the album bio details. So let's hear it, Scott. It was released in early December of 2017, so a little less than two years after Gravitron. Uh, again, Atomic Bitch Wax production. Um, and this one was recorded at two places. It was recorded at the Panic Room and the Freak Shop. So Gravitron, I believe, yeah, similar to Gravitron. Freak Shop and Panic Room. Um, lineup, here it is. This is our, this is our last, last go around with this lineup. But mm. we've got Kosnick on the... Uh, so the last two albums now, he's been specifying that he's playing a Fender Jazz Bass. Yep. Which does have a distinct sound but um i'll go into that in a second and in vocals and so he's definitely uh dominating vocals now on this one and finn ryan has taken a back seat mm -hmm. um finn ryan's on guitar and bob pentella again on drums mm -hmm. and i was watching a few of the videos and it's um and i was just trying to see i don't know i was looking at his bass and i've noticed it looks like he's added a you know, a tug bar to his bass which is I've never, I've never played with it. Oh uh, yeah, I did say that in one of the film clips. What I is kinda, that thing? It's just, I think it's just a place to rest your thumb, so that you can kind of just for for action, right? To kind of as you're going after it and doing what you do. It's it's more for, it's it's for bass players who play with their finger. I think I, I can't see where a, a pick player would have a need for a tug bar. Okay. Um, but I, I've never played with a tug bar. I always have the bass that I have. The um, the sort of the the pickups stick out far enough that I've always been able to rest my thumb on the pickups, huh. but I don't know. Huh. So, side note. Yeah. Um, That's the sort so, of detail you get on uh, unshuffled. That's why you tune in. Um, but yeah, and then somebody's playing the Hammond organ, but I, I don't know who. Because now we know that all three are capable, right? Because Bob, Bob Pantella played keys on the last album. Yeah. But, and Finn Ryan played them on one of the others. On one of the others. And then yeah. Kosnick was playing the Mellotron. But somebody's playing the Hammond organ. I just, mm. I, I don't know who. Yeah. That and wasn't credited. And someone's playing a Vibra Slap, which we'll get into when we get to that song. I'm assuming that's Pantella on the Vibra Slap as well. <laughs> Um, now you mentioned the studios. Now it is that now Gravitron was mainly recorded in Surefire recording studios, right? As well as the additional recording in these other two. I have looked for both the Freak Shop and the Panic Room, and I can't find any any listing of them in the New Jersey region. Oh, I found I'm them assuming, on Google. I'm thinking it's bedrooms and garages. I found them on Google Maps. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't even know why I looked. Yeah. Oh, I think I was I was thinking about driving. Oh, I know why I looked. I was going to drive from Vermont to Iowa, and right. I was just curious what was along the way. And I saw New Jersey, and I was like, oh, by the way. And so I looked those places up. And they're I mean they're somewhat close to each other, but they are in different cities. Right. So, different but they are actually studio. I didn't see any. Like, still, might be some guy's garage, okay. right? But it did show up on Google Maps, mm -hmm. which is. And we'll get to this when we get to this, but that was speaking of fictitious people. My initial thought on uh, on the on the fellow that created the album cover was that he was fictitious. But you you did a little bit more research to he does yeah. exist. 
He does. He does. Um, so have you done the, the mixing production? It's the usual names there, right? Yeah, it is. It's um, I didn't write it down this time, actually. It's uh, uh, him. Shoot. Where is he? French name. Eric Rochelle. Or yes. Eric Rachel. Yep. I still yeah. haven't figured out how to say that. Mm. I, I go Rochelle because it sounds fancy, but it's probably yep. not. Um, so yeah, I mean, it is a step down, I thought, in production. I, I do miss the, it, it pales in comparison to Gravitron, I thought, the production on this. It's okay, but it just lacks the snap and, and sizzle, particularly in the drum kit that we yeah. heard coming out of the Surefire recording on, on the previous album. Yep, I agree completely. Mm. There are elements, though. And, and I picked this up based on where I listened to it. Um, this is another, if you listen to it on headphones, um, there are a lot more layers to it. Yep. Than when I listen to it on, on my, just on standard speakers or whatever. So like, and, and we could talk about it when we get to a song, when we get to the song, but there's one song where somebody's just playing like a, on the chorus, just a single note on the piano. Yeah, I heard that. And, I, I I didn't. I know, made a note of that too. Yeah. And it really, when I listened to it, and I heard that, and it's just, I really like that. And I mm. can't. It, it really does add to the song, and it's only yep. in the chorus, and then it falls away. Yep. But you can't. I couldn't hear it on all elements. Like, it, I could only hear it on my headphones, and then I guess I heard it in the car. Yep. Yeah. There's also some layering in the guitars, in particular, mm -hmm. um, which which was nice yeah so yeah i mean it's not badly produced it just doesn't quite you know zing like gravitron what i what i really wish and and i couldn't find and i would like to see it for this album and gravitron some of the effects that they're using on these two albums i really i want i want a rundown of the gear that they're actually recording with mm -hmm. i want to know how are they getting these sounds there's mm -hmm. at least three songs where there's um finn ryan has such a cool sound on his guitar yep. when he comes in with the solo mm -hmm. and so i wish i wish i could find the effects credits yep mm. should be mandatory on every release i think I uh, there's also a little hint of baseballs here and there, but um, we'll get into that too. Let's talk about the art, the artwork. Yeah. So that was a Croatian gentleman. Igor Desic Desic. Desic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Igor Desic. Desic. Uh, yeah. So the, the, look, I'll put a link to his um, artwork on the show notes, which you can find on our website, listeners. Not a well-known artist. He, he's done a little bit of computer game stuff and some fantasy-type renderings. Uh, I do quite like the, the image on the front cover, though. Again, there's a girl, as there is on most of their albums, but this is a sort of alien uh, woman shooting lasers out of her palm wearing a, a spacey headgear nice image i thought well done igor yeah no i'm with you mm. Is, so do we want to address the fact that the title of this album is the name of a song off of what three 
yeah, force filed is my um, my right. calling it. I had that again with one of the songs on this album. I'll, I'll tell you about that later too. It was on three, right? Yeah, it was on three. Force field, which is still a song that they play live. I think from time yeah. to time was an instrumental. So um, perhaps not a lot of thought in the album title and. Um, I mean, it's a common, especially, I mean, if you're dealing with space and mm. spacey related things, I mean, I, I suppose it stands to reason you get to force field maybe more than once in your career, but mm. yeah, I, mm. I don't know. They don't do title tracks, do they? No. No, so there's no don't. Gravitron on no Gravitron song on Gravitron. There's no force no. song. This one could have been called Witch Doobie Ubi, for instance. <laughs> I wish <laughs> if they wanted to do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, um, so it set us up for the you know, we're expecting the sequel. We don't exactly know what we're going to get. We've got some nice artwork. Uh, we've got Igor's lovely image. We put the CD in and we get to track one. Hippie Speedball. Mm. You know what? They're not at a loss for our good first tracks. That's true. They do right from the start. They they hit you. There's no there's no waffling. It just jumps straight in. Yeah. Um, and this is this is this is another one. I didn't. I mean, I. In, in my notes when I was listening to it, and each time I've listened to it, I just sort of a, a subtle head nod. Oh, yeah, this, this is a good first track. Yeah. Yeah, it's got the, the Pantella drums to open the album. This, to me, served the exact same purpose as Sexecution on the last album with the addition of some space lasers mm -hmm. early on. Really strong opening track. This had a film clip too, which has some images from some 1960s sci-fi or 50s oh, or 60s right. sci-fi film with these big robot aliens uh, <laughs> stalking the earth and shooting shooting humans. And it goes with that lyric, die all humans, which you hear. A very retro vibe to the lyrics and a very uh, you know, golden era sci-fi sort of vibe to the whole song. With, with the space lasers, with the dial humans. And, yeah, just a cracking song. Some great Finn Ryan lead breaks throughout. A really strong opening track. The, one of the reviews said, uh, hippie speedball. Thank God, more speedball and less hippie. Which, <laughs> yeah, true. All right, I, all right, fair enough. <laughs> I had to look up what a hippie speedball is. and Anyway, I learned something when I did uh, if you don't know, you might look it up yourself. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, that those lyrics aren't mentioned in the song either. I don't think it's all, you know, aliens and dying humans and yeah, anyway, good song. I really enjoyed it. Uh, which brings us to Earth Shaker, the second song, which is where that <laughs> immortal line, "Which doobie you be," uh, is sung. Had you ever heard that phrase before? Yes. Had you? No, I hadn't. I had to look okay. that up. So I, there was, and I, <laughs> this was, did you see the clip of where it comes mm -hmm. from? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That I remember that it was on in reruns. 
Jones when I was when I was growing up. But I remember I used to, I remember watching What's Happening when I was when I was growing up, and that's that when one of them I can't remember which character. So went to high school with the Doobie Brothers and brought him back to play the prom. Um, yeah. I didn't go back to rewatch it. I just I'm recollecting it from my own memory. And then I think it's rerun that when he's he's just sitting chatting with one of the Doobie Brothers and he's like, "Which Doobie you be?" Yeah, that was. I was impressed with the clip that I saw. I wouldn't mind seeing more of that sitcom. It looked very funny. Uh, this starts with a goddamn as uh, what was the song? It's all right. On the previous album, yeah, and it reminded it, me a lot of "It's Alright" in a lot of different ways. Actually, it has the onbeat sort of thrashy verses and then the offbeat choruses. So, yeah, really reminded me of it of "It's Alright." Perhaps a little too much. This album makes a lot has a lot to do, like does a lot with uh, the stop starts where they kind of yeah. just stop and then start up again, and this yeah. song really kind of kicks that off where. Mm -hmm. It, it really takes hold in this song and it just keeps kind of going throughout the entire album. Yep. 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 Um, yeah. I did notice that. It is catchy. Yep. Uh, it's a catchy song. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a nice I, song. I tried to figure out lyrically how, which doobie UB fits in with the, and I, I, <laughs> I have no idea no, how, how it fits into the rest of the song, I but, don't know it, but it's catchy. Yeah. I'm glad I heard it. Uh, it's, <laughs> It does have some good Finn Ryan solos, including a double yeah. solo at one point, which, you know, we've already mentioned the layering. So there was an example of sort of two solos being played over the top of each other. Yeah, and a very catchy song. So I'm happy with the album so far, despite, yeah, okay, the production's not quite there, but these are two strong first two tracks. Mm -hmm. Happy so far. We've got Alaskan Thunder next up. It so the, here's what I loved about this song: the solo comes in, and and it just it feels like it needs to be played on a flying V. Like I just mm -hmm. I feel like he needs to be right out in front of the stage on his I don't know his yellow polka dotted flying V, just ripping through this solo. Um, I like the solo. I like the way that it it just it it has a different sound to it than the rest of the song does. Um, I also really like the vocal effects on this is this is one of the, this is the first song now that we're listening to where it's like i just want to know what effects are you using on the backing vocals here right um i liked i like those effects i like the melody that happens again this song plays out with the stop starts and i like the mm -hmm. melodies that they're that they're doing over those stop starts yep yep very tricky riff this especially for the bass player and we know how good mm -hmm. cosmic is by now but yeah he's uh, hammering away at the bass yeah, uh, and singing at the same time. So yep. very impressive. That layering in the guitar is back on this one. You know, there's three or four layers at times uh, in this song. So there's plenty in this that's interesting. You know, the, the tricky riff, the, you know, the, the technical nature of the song and um, plenty to keep you coming back, you know, repeated listens. Uh, reward you on this with this one as well. So uh, another good song. We're off to a pretty strong start, really. I will say you just made that comment about repeated listens. Um, initially, I think when I was listening to this the first couple times, uh, this I just kind of was. It didn't really think much about this song, and then it's after re like as I've been hitting it again over the last couple of days. This song is sneakily making my way into the into my 
favorite songs on this album. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So it's all positive so far. So far. Hmm. Uh, then we come Shocker. to Shocker. Here's my problem with Shocker. Mm. It and this is and this is is not probably not fair. But mm. the first off, there's the the chorus, and there's the phrasing in the chorus, and it and it pulls me out of the song because it's so similar to the phrasings, even the way he holds it. And I can't. It's um the uh, you you suck and and I hope you die. That it's so similar to Ticks and Leeches by Tool, and it oh. just it it, and I guess that's where it it pulls me out because oh, I, never then, I, I hear that and it, it's just sort of eh, i kind of want to hear ticks and leeches now and so it, i don't know that was but it did it pulled me out of listening to the album and it's that's not a fair criticism but yeah. it was just as a, each time i listen to it it that's that's what i end up thinking about okay no i didn't i never made that connection um for me i mean it it's there's a lot of swearing in this song quite a this has a sort of angry feel to it, which I've never – it's the first time I've really felt that emotion from this band. I've never really thought of them as an angry band, but there's something that's ticked them off. Right. Um, it's only two minutes. It's got that uh, D-beat, fast riff. I don't know. To me, this was the first song on this album that I started to think, oh, is this is this a filler maybe? Um, there's some layered vocals again. I mean, it's. I just thought it was a pretty simple riff. There's not a lot interesting in this, and it's two minutes that I could do without. Be done without. Yeah, I mean, and plus, this, uh, I don't know. Yeah, but it it just didn't feel very bitch waxy to have such an angry song either. So I mean, not, not that you, sh not that they're not allowed to have an angry song, but uh, this is they're angry about. Despite the album covers, um, despite even some of the song titles, this is the first song where uh, uh, it feels, uh, he, yes, he definitely feels angry and it feels even potentially uncomfortably misogynistic. Right. Uh. Um, but this is the only song I think that I've, I've that I've gotten that feel from. This is also I think where that the the cool kind of speaker boxy old timey sound on the on the guitar solo. This is the I think the first song on the album where that appears. Okay. I didn't listen to the lyrics closely enough to notice the misogyny, but anyway. Um, but yeah, I didn't think much of it. So um, let's get let's move on to crazy. This is where that piano is, right? Yes, this is the one. Yeah. yeah. We're over the chorus, and it's just, it's that single note where they're just hitting it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I quite like Crazy, actually. It's, um, I don't know what you thought. Did you like it? Yeah, this is up there, and one of my, I think, uh, this is one of two that I was putting for my potential favorites. Yeah, yeah, I quite liked it. Um, it's got some nice, there's a little bit of thought into some of these lyrics. Don't let the lonely fill you up that. Yeah. And that piano we've mentioned really adds to the song. There's quite a few layers throughout. And I love that big vocal effect where, you know, they're saying, woo, 
you know, is that the one at the at the end? Uh, it's there's it comes in a couple of times. Yeah, it's towards okay. the end. Because um, there's that last vocal effect over Finn's Finn Ryan's guitar solo that I really liked too. Yep. Uh, there's a little bit of shaker. So there's plenty plenty to keep you interested in this song. And that stereotypical view of craziness, which you know that sort of crazy train Ozzy Osbourne view of craziness so the yeah the you know i don't think they're saying anything in in depth about mental health problems with this song but still a fun and interesting song i thought i wondered if this was a finn ryan song just because it felt like it could have fit on four right yeah I, i hadn't thought about who wrote it um but yeah i could see that i could see that it's a bit more more Finn Ryan in the, in the music than, than our man Kosnick. Enjoyed it. Not, I wouldn't go so far as to put it in my favourites. I've got a I, I've got a standout favourite on this that we haven't mm. got to yet. I've got I've got a song that I loved on this album. This wasn't it, but I did enjoy it. And then we get to track six. Friday yeah, we get to finally. Fry died and lying to the side. Yeah, the only instrumental. Yeah, that's right. You're right, actually. Did you Google Fry died and lying on the side? I did not. It's a haircut style, apparently. Oh. Now, to go back to, I might have, but... So, yes, okay. I was just thinking back to Shocker, my misogyny comment. Okay. With the... So, I did not, and... I did not, and I'm curious now to see what the haircut looks like. Uh, this one is probably, so remember last time I was talking about how, uh, which track was it? It was um, War Claw being one of my favorite instrumentals. Mm-hmm. This this is this is up there. Really? If I'm listening, I really, I liked the cool bass runs, um, the just the, the, the drumming patterns that Pantella's doing uh the red just everything i like the way everything kind of comes together it's 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 of an it's you know it's probably one of their simple instrumentals but um i don't know i like i really liked it i think i heard the baseball on this one the baseballs is there for this one yeah i wrote that down and kosnick's very busy as he always is in their instrumentals uh it's very groovy song yeah it's another use of that tug bar yeah Another, it's a worthy addition to uh, the the fine collection of Bitchwax instrumentals that we've heard <laughs> along the journey. I didn't think it was anywhere near Warclaw or Down with the Swell, which I think was my favourite. And but still, really good. You know, no, no problems with this. So yeah, up to this point, I've enjoyed it, except for Shocker. I've, I've enjoyed this so far. I really what this run that we're about ready to start tracks five, six, seven, and eight. Um, these four songs, I, I just I, I like the I like where they stand together. I like how they all even fit together. I just the middle of this album for me was I, I thought particularly strong, and I like the which, way this fit in. Which four? Crazy. So starting with crazy. Crazy. Fry died. Lay into the side. Shell of a man and houndstooth. Yes, I like okay. those four kind of fit together. 
Yeah, yeah, agreed. So let's let's go on to Shell of a Man, shall we? We shall. Because here we have a fantastic song, and clear this is my clear standout for my favorite song on the album. Uh, one of the things I'm going to force you to do, apart from keep doing this podcast, is to have a think about what your best of bitch wax might look like. I already put it together. Ah. Uh-huh. Good, because, yeah, I've been putting some thought <laughs> into it myself. And this song's on it. Shell on a yeah. Man. I love this song. This has this is the most metal I think they've sounded. You could take Kosnick's vocals out and put Rob Halford into this song. <laughs> and it would fit perfectly. It's something new. It's they'd never they've never sounded this metal. And I I it got me thinking, how good would it if they how good would it be if they just did a metal album? Straight metal. It, well, I think that'd be an awesome metal band. Just give an extra bass drum to Pantella and set them off. Uh, but, yeah, really metal riff. I thought it, this actually I would have liked as an album album opener too, but um, this is a, a a really cool cool song. And it's um, I, I love the vocal effect in the chorus. There's a sort of 80s effect that comes in during the choruses there's some great guitar work a great really metal shredding solo they name check themselves uh, at one point so i'm always always happy when a band name checks themselves in the lyrics when they talk about 13 14 15 atomic bitches i don't i don't really know what they're singing about i'm i don't really want to know in case it ruins the song for me I, I suspect maybe they're um, having a go. At, like I think there's a bit of irony in it. Um, I don't think they're actually proclaiming themselves to be great, and I, I think they're making fun of someone in these lyrics. But I I don't want to explore that too much. I just love the the metal vibe to this, and I think it's a well. Great I think song. I think that's a fair assessment if you take the the bragging and then compare it to the title. Right, title shell of a yeah, man, and yeah, yeah. so I, this was this was also my my second. This was this and crazy were the two that are vying for which one's my top song. Um, mm-hmm. I I love the vocal doubling on the chorus. You've already mentioned that. Uh, there's a really cool bass run that Cosmic uh, is doing at the end of the song. That it's just a wicked solo, and and again he brings in sort of that speaker boxy effect. That I don't know what it is he's using, and then I also referenced the the pseudo name check. Um, yep. Yeah, I, I also enjoy this song. Yep, and the film clips good fun as well. And yep. The film clips overall on this aren't don't quite stack up. I, I, I get the feeling they haven't quite thrown as much money into the film clips. Just like they, I don't think they threw as much money into the production of this. Uh, the film clips are definitely a step down, but I think this film clip is. Uh, probably the best of the film clips coming from this album. So if you're in the mood for a, a recent Bitchwax film clip, this would be the one I'd recommend. Really good song. Uh, which also then gets us into the other song that you like, and that's called Hound's Tooth, the last of mm-hmm. these really good four songs. This is the one that, off this album that is played live the most or seems to be. And I thought that was odd because when I looked at there's, it looks like there's really only two songs from this album that make the the live set lists, which is mm. strange because this is, as of today, their most recent album. And usually, usually that's the album that gets played the most as they're trying to kind of move it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not really the case here. Uh, it's stop starts. Um, and it's just got a really cool groove. And, and again, it's, it's just, it's, it's catchy. It's one of those songs that after you're done listening to it, it's still kind of sticking with you. Yeah. I found myself singing this when I was out playing with my son today, just randomly, this popped into my head, so which is a good sign. It's got a, I love the, there's a wicked cosmic scream in it when he's, yes, about the undertow. And then he says, but oh, right. Really cool scream. I haven't heard him scream like that. Then the music stops after after that scream, and then we hear Pantella bring out something that he hasn't hit or touched on any of their other albums, I don't think. The Vibra Slap, which um, is a sort of rattling-sounding thing, which uh, I thought was really cool. And I've linked to a video on our show notes where a, a gentleman explains what the Vibra Slap is and where it comes from. Apparently, it used to come... The original vibra slaps were the jawbones of some animals and the, the teeth kind of rattled yeah. somehow. But anyway, interesting. But yeah, cool song. Love the vibra slap. Love the scream. And really catchy. So, you know, um, up to this point, I think, you know, except it's all good. We've, we've got a lot more swearing not, maybe not. There's a lot more swearing throughout this album than we have had previously. Cussing, yes. as, as you might say, in in the states. Right there, there was. A, so remember the last album, Gravitron. This was. I, I was making breakfast. My wife was doing. She was doing her Zoom meetings, and so yeah. I had the kids, and we're making breakfast, and we were just rocking out to Gravitron. <laughs> it was. Yeah. Uh, it was. Uh, this album yeah. didn't allow me that. Yeah, yeah. I had the same thing. Where oh, hang on, I probably. This is going to be a headphone album. <laughs> yep. Unfortunately. Um, but apart from that, I've really enjoyed the al- album up to this point, except for Shocker. Right. But now, you remember in one of the reviews we saw for Gravitron, they, one of the reviewers, I think it was the All Music Review, complained that they started to, the song started to feel a bit samey and it started to, the quote was a listless exercise. Right. And I disagreed with him for that album. Right. But at this point now, like if up to Houndstooth, I'm thrilled. But then from, from here on, I'm starting to get that, that phrase, listless exercise, starts to pop into my head a little bit uh, for the next three songs in particular. I don't know how you feel about that. So this is exactly what I wrote in my notes. These, these three songs feel a little repetitive to me. Mm. Um, for this next one, Tits and Bones, I wrote cool 70s sound of the song, but yeah. that's where it's yeah, Tits and Bones. I don't mean to lump them together, Humble Brag and Super Highway. Um, uh, super no, I'm happy to lump them together because that's what I did. Yeah, I lumped, I lumped them together. I, my, my notes for. Tits and bones were starting to feel a bit samey now, and meh. I mean, you know, that's not a very nice thing to write. I'm sorry, bitch wax. You <laughs> provided so much, and maybe it is that bitch wax fatigue as well uh, starting to kick in here. Humble brag, if you want to. I mean, anything you more, anything more you want to say about tits and bones? No, no. So humble brag or humble Brad as my. <laughs> iTunes has decided. Humble bread? 
Humble, no, not Brad. Humble Brad. Like oh, Brad, the, the yeah. guy. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know any Brad? I don't, but yeah. I just imagine this really nice guy called Brad. <laughs> He's just. <laughs> um, oh shucks. <laughs> no, I'm not that. Yeah, it's nothing. <laughs> um. That now I downloaded this from Bandcamp, so. That's where the title comes from. They misspelled it on, on Bandcamp. Mm. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I, again, for that one, I wrote, need a tempo change. Mm. We, need, we need a tempo change. You, yeah. I, that, that was a big eye-opener for me with this. One of the uh, insights I had was you can have the same sound for a band, and most bands do, right? You're not changing instruments that much from one song to the next, the vocal, you know, all the players are the same, but you need to vary the tempo, I think, more than anything. So these were the three songs where I was, when I was listening to it, where I was, I went back, I was like, wait, hang on, how was it, how long ago since the last album? And, and I, I found myself thinking, we, you didn't need 12 songs, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, they made do with 10 songs on, on most of their albums, actually. Yeah. And so, I don't know. I felt this was where maybe, I don't know, the, like Super Highway. The only thing of these three, the only thing that jumps out at me is that on Super Highway, that cool effect on the solo comes back in again on Finn Ryan's guitar. Yep. Yeah, um, I mean, Super Highway was the best of the three. It's got a, I mean, it's got a couple of nice, at least memorable things about it. The phased drum effect in the open in the opening of Super Highway. Mm -hmm. I also like the fact that he's, uh, there's some spelling, but, um, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so A-F-R-A-I-D was, I think, the first lyric. But then I really like new J-E-R-S-E-Y. So he said. Spelling in math. Whenever they do <laughs> spelling in math in songs, it drives me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was all right. I didn't mind it. Um, I don't know many songs that do spelling or math. You got any examples? He does. Oh, there's uh, math is one in one equals two, or what is right. so, so, there's there's enough that there's too damn much. Okay. Um, this is the second song actually on this album where he does spelling, and it didn't bother me as much the first time because it wasn't so. Uh, where is it? I wrote. I wrote it down. Um, shoot, Doesn't I have it in matter. my notes somewhere, and I'm not. Yeah, I'm not finding it. But this Doesn't is. Doesn't matter. I didn't pick is, it up the first time, so it didn't annoy me the second time. This is the second, but in this one, it was just like he was spelling to me his whole damn lyric sheet. <laughs> I thought I liked it. I didn't mind it. <laughs> the song overall, yeah. I mean, those three. See, just take those out and give me one mid-tempo stomper and I'm um, or a nut like a smoke screen another instrumental but a slower one or just something to to differentiate itself these are all almost exactly the same length like the two minute 50 mm -hmm. same tempo I really was worried coming into this podcast I just trying to remember which one was which um which is not a good sign no, I found on the last couple of listens, I've just jumped from uh, Houndstooth to Live a Little. Yeah, yeah, me too. And again, that's not a good sign either, right? No. 
Um, and little by little, if we can jump into that, yeah, speaking, of repetitive, speaking of repetitive, it's got, I mean, they've got their four lines that just get repeated over and over throughout the whole song. But yeah. I like, I like the vocal phrasings. I like the stylings. Um, mm. I, I'm, I can completely forgive the lack of attention to giving any, and maybe they really, the song, they said what they needed to say in those four lines. Yeah. Uh, and then here we have the Hammond organ and I don't know who's nice. playing it, but it's, mm. but it's there. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I was kind of hoping for another Ice Age here yeah. or wreck you, you know, a, a real something to really hang on to at the end of the album. Didn't quite get it. Well, I mean, definitely didn't get it. You know, nothing to anywhere near those two songs. It's a, still a good fun fun song though, and it is a bit little bit different in tempo and vibe to the the three songs that preceded it. So it is much more memorable. And yeah, love the Hammond. I would have liked this, a few more songs like this. This song's totally their, an inside joke from their, on their friend Liv, isn't it? Mm. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? I, I, no I mean, the, the title, I don't know. They intentionally left the E off there. There's a, mm. there's an inside joke there somewhere. Yeah. Well. If we ever we ever hear from Kosnick. Yeah, he hasn't got back to me yet. I'm still waiting. I'm sure we'll he will. ask. He's, he's just putting a lot of thought into his email. You know? he doesn't want to <laughs> so he's crafting and recrafting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so there it is. Yeah, we got to the end of that one. We got to the end of everything that they have released to this date. So well done, us. Well done, Unshuffled. Well, and well done, listener. Listeners. <laughs> For whoever you are in Virginia. Yeah. We, thank you. <laughs> yes, we do indeed. Um, so certainly not as strong an album as Gravitron, I don't think, overall, but I'm still happy to have spent a couple of weeks with it. And it's got one of my – it's certainly got one of my top five or so bitch whack songs on it in Shell of a Man. Mm. And – that's one of the things, and I've mentioned it before, one of the things I like about what we're doing is that we do get to spend some time with albums that in this modern world where you can just press a button and bring up any album you want, we're actually spending some times, time with albums that we might have just moved on from very quickly otherwise. Right. And, and it's I'm intentional. Happy to have done it. mm. You it's tagged this, I think, from the beginning, attentional listening. And yep. this is, I agree. It does feel very much like that. Yep, and there's a cup. There are some layers on a couple of of the songs that do reward repeated listens. There's some sensational playing throughout. There's some really good uh, bass work, as as always, as there's always going to be when when you've got Chris Kosnick on the, the Fender Jazz. Um, Finn Ryan's in good form still, I think. Pantella's an excellent drummer as always. So yeah, while the production maybe isn't quite there. There's some excellent playing. Yeah, it's just a shame it, it lost a bit of its um, – lost its way a little bit towards the end. But so what? I mean, really, I mean, I guess my biggest complaint, and I don't like to complain because who am I to complain, but it does feel like they've stopped in, innovating and evolving a bit, which we haven't said in any of their previous albums. They've always tried something new. I'm not sure they have here. Yeah. Some of these songs are effortless 
in the bad sense of the word, not in the good sense. I, I'm, those three towards the end in particular don't don't feel like they they feel like they came pretty easily to the band. Put it that way. This is it's absolute one hundred percent pure speculation. But I do I, I wonder so. And maybe I'll save this for when we get into the Brownlow discussion. Right. Okay. So. So yeah, certainly not their best album. Is it their worst album? I don't think so. Is it? No. Which one would be worse than it? I mean, I guess of like I'm going to go back and listen to this more than I'll listen to the local fuzz. Yeah. Um, yeah, but lo- I mean, the local fuzz is kind of in its own little category. Right. It's just too challenging to listen to to put on regularly. I, I think I'd, I'll listen to this more than three, I think. Yeah, I'm looking at three. I'm looking at my notes on three right now, and I'm thinking, actually, I agree with you. But three, they were trying something new. They were adjusting right. to a new band member. Here, they're not trying anything new is my complaint. It's, you know, it's still a very listenable album, but... Um, right. But it, I mean, what do they owe me? What do they owe anyone, for that matter? Like they can release what they want, and yep. it's, it's not like they're raking in the cash. They're certainly not selling out. Mm-hmm. And there's four or five, maybe six, really good songs on this album that are well worth spending time with. So I, I do know. think this the standout songs on this album are really good, mm. and that yeah. So that I guess that that goes a long way in stopping this from being the worst album yes. is that there are definite songs on here that I will continually come back to. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And if it had been, I mean, just think if this album had been, if it was tracks, you know, one, two, three, hippie speedball, Earthshaker, Alaskan, uh, and then five, six, seven, eight. Yep. And then throw in live a little. And mm. then what, yeah, I mean, this would have been, I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, I guess some of the dead weight does bring it down a little bit. A little bit. Right. But overall, still still happy to have listened to it, happy to have yeah. spent some time with it. And hopefully listener, hopefully you've done that as well and you've kind of reached the same conclusion and enjoyed it too. So, yeah, it's certainly not a 10 out of 10 or wouldn't be the first, wouldn't be the album that I would recommend to people for, from this band, but still well worth what what we've done, spending a couple of weeks exploring the tracks and, um, enjoying what it has to offer, mm. uh, and shell of a man. I mean, that, just that song in itself. I, I, I actually last night um, put just as a um, little experiment. I played. I juxtaposed. If I had a gun from three, mm-hmm. uh, which was that step a little closer, move a little my way. It's such a real poppy song with shell of a man just to see uh it sounded like two different bands uh, just just to put those two together their most metal song with their most pop song yeah so that's it uh we do have a new album coming out soon we um we need to have a look at our um band brownlow of course yeah um I haven't I haven't done this yet. I probably should do this before the podcast, but anyway, I'll I'll do it on the fly. Have you 
have you got any idea who your three is going to be? So I do. And this is where I, okay. So I, with this, my one and two, I've been going back and forth trying to justify, do I give the top spot to Kosnick or do I give it to Finn Ryan? Mm. And, and, and I've gone back and forth and I've got Ben Brownlow notes crossed out and, mm. and they both, they both go neck and neck okay. each time. And my pure, the speculation that I have here that um, I, so I really like Finn Ryan's guitar solos on this album. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wonder, I find myself wondering, was this something where if, if in fact this was a lot of this was done during a monster magnet tour, was this Pantella and Cosmic kind of just getting together and jamming out grit or jamming out riffs and then sort of giving kind of those riffs to, to Ryan to kind of color over. I mean, I, I have no idea the process that was put into this. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if that's the case, I think that like the layers and what Finn Ryan's done on this album, I, I really liked it. So then now am I inclined to put Finn Ryan at the top because I know I'm losing Finn Ryan. Right. Mm. So this is, and it's just sort of that, that nostalgia before nostalgia's really even kicked in. Mm. Um, but uh, if I view it in this idea that he's sort of coloring it all kind of in and, you know, shading it and, and I'm going to go ahead and give it to, to Finn Ryan, the top Good. spot and then, and then Cosmic and then Pantella. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just looking through my notes. Yeah. I'm Finn Ryan. I'm, I'm, I'm written down that I like a lot of it. Like, those songs that I like, I'm, I think for every one I've written nice Finn Ryan lead breaks, nice solos, doubled solo, three or four layered guitars. So I've made a lot of notes about Finn Ryan throughout this album. Um, having said that, I think I'm going to still give it to Kosnick. Mm-hmm. Even though he's got an unassailable lead already, I'm, I'm going to just pile some more votes on him. Uh, <clears throat> it's his band very much at this point. And he's dominating the lyrics on this more than ever. Some really tricky riffs, you know. We mentioned that, and he's playing the riffs on the bass as he so often does. Uh, Alaskan Thunder, Fried Die. There's some great cosmic work there. So, yeah, as much for his creative and vocal inputs, as well as his uh, typically technically excellent bass playing, I'll give him the three. Finn Ryan gets the two. Then, so I'm assuming you're going to give Cosmic the two. You gave Cosmic to the two. I did give Cosmic two. Yeah, and Team Pantel. Pantel is still drumming well. It's just that he doesn't have the same studio, so he's not getting the same snap and sizzle from particularly that sort of trebly part of the the kit. So we're not hearing as much sizzle in in the snare and in the cymbals, unfortunately. It sounds a little as, more com- compressed. As you were... Uh... Reading yours, I went ahead and updated our oh, yeah. brown love chart. Wow. <laughs> and and yeah, Kosnick has a, a huge lead. All right, yeah. <laughs> um, but well, Ryan's but, still in second place, Pantella's in third. Okay. Um well well done to Chris Kosnick. Uh they do in the in the actual brown low, you know if, if there's ever a player with an unassailable lead uh, in the Australian football version of the Brownlow, then, yeah, the last couple of rounds, it's just 
you know, they get through them very quickly so that the, the winner can get up on stage and give his <laughs> do, do the thing. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so congratulations, Chris Kosnick, on being our first Brownlow medal winner uh, for in the unshuffled annals. Um, this is our last, <clears throat> excuse me, our last Finn Ryan album. Uh, <clears throat> we're going to get uh, Garrett Sweeney, who, surprise, surprise, guess which band he plays for? <laughs> I, uh, I've been going through, I've been trying to do my, uh, my, my research mm. before we hear the new album. So I've been going through and watching some um, live Monster Magnet footage mm. to kind of get a sense of, of what Garrett Sweeney, sort of his style. Mm. And uh, it, it'll be interesting. I'm yeah. curious. I'm very curious to hear what what he has to offer because I'm assuming he's going to bring something to the table songwriting wise, right? And I can't get a sense of because Weindorf has such a a lock on the songwriting for Monster Magnet. You can't really get a sense of that. But as far as playing, I, there's no doubt or question in his ability yeah. to. Yeah. Well, he's been playing live with them for a couple of years now. Yeah. And yeah, he's obviously a very good guitar player. Um, they, uh, yeah, Kosnick spoke about the fact that he has been influenced to some degree by playing the Monster Magnet songs for the last few years. He, he's it's given him an appreciation of, you know, some extra insights into songwriting that he claims will be evident on the new album. So I'm looking forward to hearing it. Mm. Hopefully, it's something new because I don't, I certainly don't want Gravitron three. No, have you? So, have you heard anything that Finn Ryan has done since? No, I, there was a uh, there's a link to his uh, departure announcement. Uh, I've yeah. checked his Twitter feed, and it's just full of uh, UFO sort of conspiracy stuff. <laughs> um, right. So, yeah, I, I don't know that he may have sort of gone off the rails a little bit. Um, he, he spoke about needing, he, he had some problems with addiction and needed to sort of get his life together a bit. So, you know, hopefully he's doing that. Right. Um, but, you know, if you ever listen to the Finn Ryan, thank you for all the entertainment you've given us. Absolutely. And kudos to him for being able to make that decision. Yeah. I mean, that's, that, that can't certainly can't have been an easy decision. No, that's right. But um, yeah, you know, excellent guitar player um yeah just really you know what a nice thing to to be able to hear him and and to join the band as you said a fully formed band and to fit in and change them and and yeah really really good guitarists so hmm. uh, well done Finn Ryan um but yeah this is we get Garrett Sweeney now so you know not just another band member change but you know hmm. I've had a lot over the seven albums so far and now we've got one more um, so Bam Brownlow is decided. Um, overall, yeah, I mean, we've sort of mentioned our overall thoughts, but yeah, happy to have listened to this, but mm, looking for something new now. Right. Um, now I do, I do have a little Keith Ackerman story. We've been one of the underlying, uh, 
themes throughout this series has been what happened to Keith Ackerman. It was a bit of a mystery to us, and I went some way to unlocking that mystery last night. So let me quickly tell you about my sleuthing. <laughs> but, yeah, I found him. I found Keith Ackerman. Um, and the way I found him was I noticed I was looking at the video that you linked to of the band playing at one of my old stomping grounds, the Tote Hotel in Melbourne. They were playing, uh, what's that one? You know, um, Hope You Die, whatever it's called, off the okay. first song, off the first off album. The oh, right. Okay. I'm looking. Yep. Hope You Die. Yeah, they were playing that. And at the bottom, and that they were playing that in 2012. And there's not that many comments on the bottom of the YouTube clip, but the very last one, or maybe it's the very first one, I don't know which way the order goes, is from someone calling themselves Keith Ackerman. And the comment just says, butchered it, <laughs> which I thought was really funny. And I thought, oh, look, someone's created a YouTube account just so they could write that really funny thing on it. But then I clicked on the Keith Ackerman link and it's actually the real Keith Ackerman who'd written Butchered It on their 2012 <laughs> rendition. And, and it links to his YouTube account where he has posted some clips from his new band. It's also got um, some clips of him playing at a tribute show that they did somewhere in New Jersey. So he's still in New Jersey. But he plays guitar now. He doesn't play drums. Well, I mean, he may still play drums, but he, he focuses on the guitar. So they they played a cover a night of cover songs at what would have been his father's seventieth birthday. They played all these songs that his dad used to play when when they were little, you know, with his brothers and family. It was very nice, very touching. And then there was some footage of him with uh, a new band called Full On Empty, uh, which I gotta say, oh man. Keith, if you're listening, I don't please, I don't know. I, I look, I didn't like them. Put it that way. They, they, they didn't seem very good to me. Um, so I don't know if that's um, maybe you should have stuck with the drums. I'm not sure because we love the drums on that. You you gave him three votes on that first album. Yeah, I did. I think for the first or for two of the albums, he took it for me. Yeah. So great drummer now plays guitar with full on empty, and they played it. Uh, with the Brighton Bar in New Jersey. So they played a, a gig there in 2019. He still looks really fresh-faced. You know, he's he's got a few wrinkles, but he's always had a fresh-faced look about him. And they, something about the Atomic Bitchwax, they all keep their hair. The... <laughs> Chris Gosnick's got a great uh, head of hair. and <laughs> Keith Ackerman's still got the full mop as well. So must be something in the water in New Jersey, perhaps. It must be. Oh. Uh, they don't seem to go grey and it doesn't seem to fall out. Uh, so, yeah, Keith Ackerman exists. And if you want to know about his band, just click on the 2012 Hope You Die clip and look, click on the bottom comment where it says, butchered it. I'm going to check that out. I'm going to look for that. So he just said, so his, he's got this band and then he goes on and heckles. <laughs> Bitchwax performances. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hmm. You suck. The drummer can't play. <laughs> he just goes to shows and throws pennies <laughs> at him. <laughs> yeah, very funny. 
All right. So, so he's, um, he's doing well. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah, he's still around and he's still still active. Uh, so Scorpio is coming up next. Uh, we we don't have it yet though. It's not released for a week. Uh, hopefully, it's not delayed, given all the problems at the moment. So at this stage, we're expecting it in a week's time. It may not happen, but we'll see. If it does get released next week, we'll review it. You know, as soon as we can. After that, you know, maybe two weeks after it's released. In the meantime, we might give some thought to the next band that we're going to give the unshuffled treatment. So we might actually release our the show where we choose our next band before we do the next or the, the newly released Bitchwax album. Can I just say something real quick? Have you looked at the, the track list for Scorpio? Uh, yeah, briefly. Is there anything... Track one's called Hope You Die. Mm. Right. Just putting that out there. Okay. That's a worry. So, I don't know if they're covering themselves now. Right. But uh, it's just, it's interesting that you you mentioned that song mm. with this whole Keith Ackerman story. And that's that's the name of the first song on, on Scorpio. Yeah. So we shall yeah. see. All right. I, I am expecting something different for Scorpio. I'm looking forward to it. And we've come this far with them. We started with their first album on the... Uh, on the 20th anniversary of their first album, we're going to finish with their new re newly released album. So it's it's a fitting will be a fitting finish for us with this band. But uh, yeah, we need to give some thought to our next one because, as we found out, this is a very big decision. Hmm. So we need to get it right because I don't want to be stuck with some band we hate for the next two or three months in isolation. This was I still I I mean if. If we can go with gratitude here, I am mm. so happy that this was the first band we chose to do this with. Yeah, because each of these albums has been so much fun to listen to. Mm. This would have been a god awful slog <laughs> if this was just some terrible band. Yeah, we, absolutely. Uh, yeah, there's there's not. I don't think there's many bands in the world that could have stood up to what what we've thrown at the Atomic Bitchwax. Yeah, over the past few months, but the Atomic Bitchwax have handled it admirably they've been great uh, and yeah i'm you know they'll always have a special place in my uh, sort of musical pantheon going forward um given the circumstances we're in given this is our you know the first podcast the first band that we've given the unshuffled treatment so thank you atomic bitchwax for everything you've given us so far all the entertainment yeah that, that you've yeah. provided so um, you know, a, a really good band and well worth your time if you if you haven't listened to all their albums yet. Please helping do us, so. Helping us get through the corona days. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So, we, yeah, we've got to get that next choice right. Yeah, I'm, and I'm glad we didn't decide to choose some, like, I Hate God style, mm. um, you know, dirgy doom band. I, I just think this is not the time for that. No, no. Um, yeah, the the... the the humor and the lyrics was hugely appreciated. Yeah, and it just and, it, and it's picked me up. The band has picked me yeah. up so many times throughout through what's been a difficult time for everyone around the world. But you know, it's not easy, and and to have a band like this, you know, it's really helped. It's really helped us. Or right. you know, you know. So thank you. Uh, the other people we need to thank, of course, are uh, uh, Small Stone and Seven Planets. 
the album's called Explore. The track that you hear on at the opening and a little bit at the outro is called Vanguard. So thank you, uh, Small Stone, and thank you, Seven Planets. Chase that up if you haven't already. You can contact us. Uh, our website is unshuffledpod.com. You can find all our show notes and past episodes there. We're on Twitter at unshuffledpod. You can write us an email, as Mr. Kosnick's probably going to do in the next few days, unshuffledpod at gmail. So please, yeah, reach out and let us know if you've listened to any of these albums, if you enjoyed them, if you had similar thoughts to us, or if you disagree, we'd love to hear it. And we'll certainly give you a shout out on the podcast. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Scott. Thank you, Matt. Thanks, everybody. Hello, Virginia. Hello, Virginia. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, hello, world. And yeah, keep listening. And, you know, who knows when you're listening to this? You might be listening to this in 2025, but hopefully, um, you you know, we've inspired you to come along this journey with us and, and enjoy everything that this great band has had to offer. We've got one more to go that in our time now hasn't been released. So stick with us for that. And join us as we choose our next band to get the unshuffled treatment and continue on this journey into musical intentionality. Thanks, listeners. Until next time. Thank you.